everybody. Welcome to the Commander Boys Podcast. My name is Manny. And I'm Andrew. Let's get this show on the road. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Had a you know pretty fun, eventful week. How about you? Uh, you know, week was solid as far as this morning goes. <laughs> it's been a long morning so far, man. <laughs> it's been a very long morning. So let's get uh, right into the topics. So I have a cousin, and he is eight years younger than me. Salt of the earth. means he's a 2000s baby. 2000 baby boy. And uh, I love him to death. He's a great kid. I have this expression that I really enjoyed saying to him from time to time because I think he, in his mind, because we've grown up near each other and hung out together and had a lot of similar experiences, he thinks that we're a lot closer in generational age than we actually are. And what I don't think he realizes is exactly how much difference of time has passed from when his generation was you know, young to when my generation was young. Mm-hmm. And I know that makes me sound like an old man of like, oh, back in my day, we used to go down to the Blockbuster video and call them on the telly or sell your phone. Well, in all fairness, you're about to be 27. Right. But, uh, yeah, so it's perfect time for me to start griping about this stuff. But what I think is fascinating is, you know, you look at, like, where my dad's generation was at my age and look where my generation was, you know, at my current age, obviously, and the technology jump is huge. But you just look at, like, the technology jump in the last, you know, 10 to 15 years, and it seems to be almost double that. They always say that technology is, you know, increasing development exponentially. Right. And uh, I, I think that it's just funny to look at when I, I hear him say certain things, which has led me to this expression that I personally didn't make up myself. I got it off online. But the expression is, oh, my sweet summer child. Well, and, and that comes from Game of Thrones. Right. Like, like it's not online. Like, it's a straight up Game right, of Thrones. Right. But I mean, like, it's 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 all over the place. I didn't make it up, essentially. Right. But you're not, uh, you're not taking ownership of it this time. Right, right. Not this time. But uh, I, I, the the first post that I discovered it on is because like, I, I actually didn't even know it was from Game of Thrones, despite watching Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's a later season thing, I think, so you're fine there. But I mean, like, the first post that I ever saw it on was a, uh, a post on Twitter, I believe. And it was uh, somebody saying, like, you'll never know the uh, sheer adrenaline rush of, like, running to get back from the kitchen to the TV sh- to watch, the, like, to make sure that you don't miss any of the show. Oh, yeah, you time it out break. perfectly. Right. While your sibling is in there, like, you know, like, come on, come on, come on. And somebody had just commented on the, the post, well, why didn't you just pause it? And so what? they commented, oh, my sweet summer child. My sweet, sweet, innocent summer child. Which leads me back to my cousin. So, the other day we were cleaning out a room in my house and he was helping me. And uh, we found a USB drive. And this USB drive is actually called a Lexar Media Jump Drive. Hashtag sponsor. Hashtag not sponsor. <laughs> so, it's it's an old zip drive. It's like probably one of the first zip drives I think my dad ever bought. Um, I don't know exactly how much he paid for it. But yeah, I would not be surprised if it was like upwards of 30 bucks. So, like... What would be the year? Well, it's a right now. So, so just for context, the USB ports that we are currently using on most common computers are 3.0 ports. Okay. The like the new up and coming ones are 4.0s. Like that's the really high tech computers. This is a 1.0 port. Okay, so we're we're going back in time a little bit. Right. So this is probably I'm gonna say either 
late late 90s like 98 99 or like early 2000s 2002 maybe yeah somewhere in that ballpark if you had to guess how much space do you think is on the zip drive well the thing is i think i kind of remember but i'm gonna go ahead and guess like a gig okay so you know a lot of people think like, like oh it's, it's a chunky it's a chunky drive right all, all the people think like, oh, you know, two gigs is what they give away at like, you know, conventions and stuff for free because that's how right, little like, space. Here you go, tiny stick, have fun. Right. So his expression was, oh, that looks really old. It probably doesn't have that much space on it. What does it only have like 10 gigs on it? Oh, my sweet summer child. In fact, the, the your zip drive only has 125 megabytes on it. Wow. Not even, not even a full gig. I can add like five songs on that thing. It's amazing. <laughs> Possibly, like a whole two and a half PowerPoint presentations. Yeah. If but, they don't have too many pictures. Right. No. Or or effects. Right. Or no effects. effects. No like transitions or. Bring. Right. Like, right. Nothing. No bouncy text or anything like that. But um, yeah. So the expression, like I said, it comes from Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and um, as far as the reason why, oh, why Summer Child, well. If you're not too familiar with the Game of Thrones show and the mythology of it all, summer is, you know, good times. Everything's growing, everything's happy, everything's fun. It's the opposite of the whole winter is coming thing. Right. Because, like, winter, it's constantly cold. People die. Babies die. I think a line in there is mothers suffocate their children that are born so that they don't have to go through a life suffering. Because it's not just, like, an annual thing. They can go for years at a time, both seasons. And um, so the expression, oh, my sweet summer child, is basically somebody who was raised in a winter is going, oh, you don't know you don't know the true struggles of life. Yeah. And so, like, and here we're actually just using it as, like, a generational thing, which still has the same effect. Yeah. No. But equally uh, condescending and, you know, compassionate all at the same time. Mm-hmm. I can't remember my last oh my sweet summer child moment but well i think the last one we had was you also had it with my cousin yeah um, i'm having a hard time remembering that but uh, oh it was a flashlight on the phone right 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 so we were taking pictures of something I, I, maybe it was legos or whatever and uh he, take a drink right as you do uh and i had said Hey, he was asking about how we get better lighting, and so I said, "Oh, that's right." I watched a video on YouTube. I've been learning how to do some more, uh, more better. So, <laughs> I learned how to do gooder lighting. I've been learning how to do like better photography on you know basic phone equipment rather than having like a special camera. Like, how do you make the best out of the equipment you have? Yeah. And one of the the tips was like, you know, if you have a second phone, you know, with a friend, you can use the flashlight on it to and like a piece of paper to cover it, so you can get that kind of soft light for photography quality. Yeah, just essentially get like multiple lights in different directions, so it's lit up. <laughs> And so he go, his response is, well, yeah, people have been doing that since middle school. <laughs> and that's when I said, right, Andrew, do you remember doing that in middle school? Of I course. Remember, yeah, absolutely. I was like, that's, yeah. that's great. That's day one of middle school. Right. Get your friend's cell phone light and have it shine for a better for, for a better lighting angle. Because you were taking a lot of high quality photos on your phones back in middle school, obviously. Yeah, obviously, I remember that. I don't... I, did you even have a phone in middle school? I did have a phone in middle school, but that's because I come from divorced parents. Right. And my mom didn't want me to have a cell phone until, like, I was later in my teens. Right. 
But my dad, always wanting to be able to communicate with me, gave me a cell phone. Makes sense. Nothing fancy, just like a flip phone. Didn't even have a camera. Right. But it was something. And I, re- I remember, a uh, small tangent, that I would buy like games and stuff, but I would always ask him permission. So like, I had the Godzilla mobile game for the phone. Uh-huh. The one that's based off of the 1998 movie. Right. And that was a lot of fun. And then I also remember one of my first ringtones was Linkin Park's Faint. Mm-hmm. And not even a good part. The part where he cuts, like, it's towards the end of the long scream in the song. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into the chorus. That's a very weird place to, to start put a ringtone, ring right? Yeah. But it gets your attention. Right. And it got to the point where my my little mind, or not little mind, but like little Manny. Right. Got embarrassed every time the damn phone rang. It's like, gotta shut it off, gotta shut it off. So I think my first cell phone was a, a Motorola, but it was a flip phone as well. I, it might have had a camera, but I, if it had a camera, it was so pixelated. Like it could take like oh, a yeah. 120 by 120 pixel. Like I, I don't really think it, it could even do that. I, I know for a fact the screen wasn't in color. It was black and white. Um, like, and <laughs> I didn't get it until... It was either freshman year of high school or the last year of middle school. So I may have gotten it in middle school, but it was like the last year. So like we essentially got our phones around the same time then. Yeah, roughly. And I, I want to say the only reason I got it was I think that was the year my family went on a trip to like Disney World. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to make sure that if we got separated, we could still communicate. We all just didn't go the walkie-talkie route. That probably would have been cheaper. I mean, for... Not a lack of trying. I, I we I had actively, plenty of walkie talkies as a kid. Yeah, like I had nine walkie talkies as a kid just to have them. Do you remember that one time where uh, I was over at your house and we were chilling in side, your room? side tangent? The reason we had walkie talkies as a kid was because it was exciting to be able to talk to your friends from one house <laughs> or the other and be able to walk around the house as you do it. Yeah, we didn't have mobile phones. It right, was that wasn't like a thing that existed. I mean, they existed, but like you were a business guy that had like a pager and a cell phone. Hot dog. Right, and like that was like you were Mr. Wall Street. Ooh, you're living high on the hall. Right, or you just, you know, had a phone that was corded to the wall. But, but yeah, so do you remember that one time where... I was over at your place, you were chilling in your room, and you got a brand new walkie-talkie. And it was so exciting because it actually picked up police radio. Yes, yes. And so we're just listening for a long time. It's just, you know, normal police chatter. I I don't even know how to imitate that. But I remember hearing um, them going and saying, making our way down to Zavala. And fun fact... That's the main road we're off of where we lived at the time. Right. And I'm telling that to the audience, not you, because you know that. Right, but I have to answer as the audience perspective. Oh, so nice of you. I know, right? But, yeah, so we lived off of De Zavala, and when we heard that, we freaked out. Because we had no idea whether the walkie-talkie was communicating back back right. to them. If it was just picking it up or if it was sending signals Because, like, well. occasionally we were just saying random crap. Right. <laughs> just like stuff that would get us in trouble right so we honestly didn't know could they hear it or is it just like a one-way thing so i think we even hid in the closet for like five minutes freaking out it would not surprise me that was our that was solid logic (laughs) 
<laughs> they can't find this in my own closet in my own house. Oh, man. Like, I don't remember a lot of things from our childhood. That I do remember. I remember the walkie-talkies, and I remember one of the reasons I liked them was we bought them at Sam's in a variety pack. And... <laughs> When you did, as you do, and the the casing to the walkie-talkie was changeable. So like you could have every walkie-talkie be its own color. Yeah, and you could have green. Right, you can have red, but we didn't. What we had was blue and gold because at the time yours truly was a Sonic diehard, and so I insisted on using the code name of Sonic and Tails. For the walkie-talkies. Right. Because those are the colors of Sonic and Tails. And right. I was a clever kid. <laughs> so clever. Nothing ever got past you, huh? Mm-mm. But, um... Except, of course, you know, you not being white. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Did we touch that on episode one, or do we need to rehatch it? Have we told that story on the podcast? I honestly don't know. Uh, so, what he's referencing is, like, I am Hispanic. I'm Mexican, half Mexican, but I am very light-skinned Mexican. As the name Manuel Zambrano might imply. Or, you know, just Manny. Right. And uh, not Manfred. By the grace of God, my parents did not name me Manfred. (laughs) (laughs) I once had somebody that thought my name was actually Manfred. That's fantastic. I've also had people that think my legal name is Manny. And I'm like, not yet. (laughs) We're going to get there eventually. But I digress. I'm a very light-skinned Mexican guy. I just have black hair. So that's the one, like, telltale sign that, oh, hey, this guy could be um, Mexican. I guess the proper term would be ethnically ambiguous. Right. At least that's a that's a Hollywood term. But arguably, I should have known better because I've been to your house many times <laughs> as a child. <laughs> yeah. And your grandparents did not speak English right. at all. Well, they did, but they, well, they chose not to when the white boy was around. Right. It was like 100% like pure Spanish to me. In fact, I think the last words your grandmother ever said to me was, we almost made a Mexican out of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Like, you loved all the food. Right, no, I didn't. Your mom didn't know that you loved all the food. <laughs> By no means would we ever tell your mom what we were cooking for you. I remember one time I came home from one of our, our vacations, like one of your family vacations that yeah. I got invited to for some reason. Because <laughs> you're my best friend, why not? Right. Uh, and your mom had made us uh, bean and cheese burritos for breakfast. Okay. Or bean and cheese breakfast tacos. Probably tacos, yeah. Right. We're not burrito people. Right. Uh, and so I came home and I was like just ranting and raving about the breakfast food, but I couldn't remember what your mom had made. And like I think your my mom called your mom or like asked you one day or oh, something. No, no, this wasn't bean and cheese tacos. I can tell you this story verbatim because this is a story that goes around my family to my extended family. When we do talk about you. <laughs> all, right. all right. I wasn't aware that I was, you know, a topic of conversation. Oh, but all right. we definitely are. <laughs> uh, so, we were at the house. This, I mean, maybe this happened multiple times, so the taco story may be valid. But we, you were just over at the house. We were playing upstairs in the game room, whatever. Makes it sound like it's something fancy. No, we just had like a small loft. <laughs> but, um... It was a one and a half story. Yeah. But um, you were like, I'm hungry. And I said, I'm hungry too. And then we yelled down, Mom, or Mom, I'm hungry. And my grandma was there at the time. And she's like, okay, well, don't worry. We'll make something. She made barbacoa. Right. 
And now I don't know if uh, the audience, greater audience knows it, but barbacoa is um, essentially the meat from a cow's cheeks and face just in general. The really good stuff. Right. It tastes delicious. Yes. It's amazing. A little greasy, but yes, right. absolutely delicious. But the thing is like, if you don't know, or if you know where that is, that can be very off-putting. Like a lot of different types of meats, like the best meats are off, are rather <laughs> not good places of the meat. That's why no one asks what's in a hot dog. Right. Lips and assholes. But, um, so my grandma made a spot of a koa, and of course you loved it. And, I was used to it. I loved it. And then that's when you go home ranching and raving. And uh, your mom calls my mom and um, goes, what did you make? What did you make? He can't stop talking about it. This is amazing. He, I can't get him to really eat anything, anything, blah, 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 blah. And that's when my mom asks her mom, oh, what did you make? And of course, my mom says, barbacoa. And my mom freaks out knowing that like, there you're on a pretty like not crazy meal plan or at least in their eyes i don't know if that was I, ever the case but like my parents associate you with just like hot dogs <laughs> hot dogs and hamburgers which is hilarious because growing up i was never allowed to eat hot dogs unless i went to like a birthday party or something i was never allowed to have kool-aid or hot dogs right but like i guess i'm using those as examples but like just like basic right. foods right and um which is not it would happen at all but it is funny that like that's that's how your family viewed it right and so my mom freaked out and said oh my mom's here and she made some roast beef for the boys <laughs> oh well you have to give me your mom's is recipe is that the blah, reason blah, blah, my blah. mom makes roast beef to this day yeah i hate roast beef actually <laughs> like straight up cannot stand roast beef yeah it was barbacoa that my family told your mom it was roast beef because we were worried that you weren't allowed you wouldn't be allowed to come back because we feed you like these random mexican foods <laughs> that's actually really funny uh, no. but what got us on this tangent the name like the story behind race and all that about me oh not, yeah not your dog <laughs> Um, so Andrew's not good with, um, saying what's what or who's who. Like a lot of times at his, uh, place of work, you don't know who's white, who's black, whatever. Right. You are very, um, how do they say it? You're very oblivious. E oblivious. <laughs> I was going to say you're very equal without trying to be. Yeah. Yeah, but when, it, when it, I wish I could say it's like a oh I don't see coloring. Yeah, like no, no, it's legitimately I just I'm. Oblivious. You know how you know how a lot of like people that try to say like oh yes I I support all races are like oh I don't see color da, da, da. No, Andrew legitimately doesn't see color. <laughs> Completely oblivious. Completely, and that means like if he's giving you a hard time or he's picking on you. You know, he's not being a racist about it. So there's that. <laughs> but all that aside... because I hate everyone equally. There you go. <laughs> That's a great answer to give when you're trying to get out of jury dirty. Right. Jury, jury dirty. Um, so you asked me one time, or you mentioned that I'm white. Right. And I said, no, I'm not. Of course, you know, light skin. Of course, I'm white. I'm just also Mexican. But I was like, no, I'm not. And then you go, you're black? <laughs> 
And it was at that moment Andrew Tarpley learned that there was more than two options. Always more than two options. <laughs> I for I literally I was twelve years old. I remember we were sitting on the the uh, the ditch, and uh, <laughs> I I straight up had no idea that there was more than two options because in my mind I knew you were Hispanic. I just thought like Hispanic, Chinese, Indian was like the race you were, and then you also had a color of white or black. I didn't realize that okay. white or black was a race. I just thought that was like what you were. Okay, so let me ask you this. Dominic, he had darker skin. What was he in your eyes? I don't remember Dominic having darker skin. I do. Like he was like he was Hispanic, but he was he was darker than I was. Really? Yeah. No memory of this. Really? In my mind, he was white, too. Oh, well, there, there's my answer. <laughs> God bless America. Yeah, no, I don't remember Dominic being dark at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was darker than me, which isn't saying much. Right. But still. What was Katie? Was she white? Katie was white. Okay. And Paulina was Hispanic? Hispanic. Okay. Mexican, yeah. Okay. You know, that... Paulina... What not throwing Paulina under the bus, not throwing this person that I haven't talked to in years under the bus. Right. Her house was scary. Why was her house scary? Well, because wasn't she, um, didn't her family do like an in-home hospice thing? Like that was, that was their bit or that, um, it was like a retirement center, halfway house for a retirement center, which is a horrible <laughs> way of saying it, but halfway like, to death. Yeah. Um, you know, now that you say that, I vaguely remember, like, a lot of people coming in and out. Like, there were always older people there, and there was the occasional ambulance that would take them away. Yeah, I think it was, like, <laughs> I don't really know what they did, I but I want to say it was, like, she her mom was a nurse, so it was, like, if you needed additional medical care, you could stay with them for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't. But that was always freaky to me. Like, on the rare occasion that we would go inside her house, I would always see, like, old people or hospital beds in there. And it freaked me, it freaked me out. It was hmm. You know, like, I, until you mentioned that, I had no memory of that happening. I, I want to say I only ever was inside of her house, like, two or three times. Yeah, no, it was a place that we didn't hang out. Right. And most, most of the time, except for you and I, we wouldn't be in any of the other kids' houses. Right. Um, I remember being... In like Michael and Timothy's house a few times, and I remember once or twice being in Dominic's house. But yeah, for the most part, it was your house or my house, and for the most part, it was my house because I had to play for it in the back set, your backyard. Right. Ooh, I am gassy today. <laughs> but um, well, and I think, I think that shows the uh, friendships that were in that community. Right. Because like, all right, we're obviously best friends. We're gonna spend more time. Right together and I don't think anybody else was as close to each other as we were yeah I mean would you agree with that I feel like I was uh, yeah I mean obviously I talked to you I don't talk to any of them so obviously as far as friendship that lasted goes uh, yeah I would say that when I was younger I was probably equal friends with you as I was with Bridget across the street okay. and I thought Patrick was the coolest thing that ever lived he was, like, the cool guy because he was, you know, like, eight and an adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, now don't look at that family. Right, right. It's, no, no. Oof, it's rough. But, uh, uh, 
but yeah, no, it was one of those things of like, I, I would say probably back then I was really good friends with Bridget as well, but obviously I haven't talked to her in years. And I so. remember that like if there was a trio to be had, it was you, Dominic, and I. Right. Yeah. And like that was the go-to. Right. Like if we needed to find a third person like to come hang out with, we'd go knock it on Dominic's door. Right. Do you do you well, remember his slippers? <laughs> Yes. His slippers. Um, so one day we all came out and was it like around holiday time? Because like it was a gift of some sort for him. Yeah, it, it had to be around holiday time because it's too hot to wear slippers the rest of the year. But what he had was um, like in-house slippers that were essentially bear claws. Right. And uh, me and my comedic genius, even at that time, at that young, young, ripe age of insert number here. Right. Um, I go, Dominic, you come outside in your bare feet? <laughs> <laughs> Which fun side tangent to that story. That joke tickled me so much that I made my parents go out and buy me bare feet slippers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you did. So I also had bare feet because I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I calls them like I sees them. It was a good joke. A comic gold is comic gold mm -hmm. no matter who you are. Then remember when he moved away and we named my robot after him? I do remember that. <laughs> I had a little fake robot. Well, obviously, it's a fake robot. No such thing as a real robot at that time. Right. At least to the magnitude that that toy was. Right. But, I mean, I got him. We named him Dominic after Dominic. Right. And then we played with him for like two days and then into the garage you go. Yep. Um, I don't know if you know this. Did you know that when right before Dominic moved away, he lived with me for about a year? No. Yeah. So when I was still at the Days of Allah house, Dominic's mom was moving them to California to live with her mom because her mom needed uh, help. And so that's why they were moving there. And uh, he basically was like, uh, she was basically like, I can't move before this date, but I already have a buyer for the house on this date. Oh, okay. And so they, my you. mom was like, okay, like you can stay in our guest bedroom. Cause like my cousin who was living with me at the time had already moved out. And so it was like, you know, we have a guest bedroom completely unused, like totally fine to use if you want to use it. And so uh, she's like, okay. So Dominic and I lived together for almost a year. It wasn't quite a year. It was like nine months. But uh, yeah, I mean, he lived with me for a full year. Nice. Yeah. I don't think I knew that. Uh, also, I think that was actually after you had... No, because you were the no. last one to leave. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was living in the Days of Allah house still while you moved here. That's right. And so maybe I was just oblivious to that fact. I don't know. It feels like you were not around during that time, but maybe it was because I had literally somebody living with me that was a friend versus having to go all the way next door. Right. Or maybe like I was going through crap in my life at that time. Like it was a pretty tender, tender few years for me there. Yeah. But, um, I mean, stuff happens. Probably but. a reason why I don't remember a lot of my childhood, to be honest. <laughs> probably. But, um, fun fact, he, uh, last I talked to him, which Dominic, which was, uh, I will grant you is like, seven years ago at this point mm -hmm. um he is trying to he, he always wanted to be a dj like that was his dream and so he disc jockey he is making uh like house music dubstep techno that kind of stuff 
on last last I saw, he was on YouTube, uh, nice. making dubstep stuff or That's techno cool. stuff. So That's I don't know what the techno cool. charm is. I'm not uh, I'm not a house guy for the you're, most part. Well, I mean, you you live in a house. So. I do live in a house. Yes. And so you're, but in that aspect, you are house guy. Right. Well, and I listen to music in my house, so that would by in definition music be guy. house music. Yeah. All right. So here's something that. Is, it feels like it's going to be kind of forced only because I'm bringing it to your attention, but what is Leppin or Lego? Because that's been on our board for a while now. So, I am a purist when it comes to Lego. Right. I do not, like, I do not buy any Mega Bloks or any, you know, insert other non-Lego product here. But, I can at least respect what Mega Block is trying to do. For instance, some of you might know this. I may have mentioned this in a previous podcast. I tend to ramble about Legos a lot. Uh, Lego has a strict no violence policy, which they have inadvertently broken a few times, but they try very hard to stick to, uh, which means that when they do licensed sets, they don't do any violent sets which is why every police officer minifig that has ever come in any Lego set is holding a megaphone instead of a gun. Mm. Now you might say to me, but Andrew, knights and medieval people were very violent. Well, that's okay, that's fantasy violence. And then you might say, oh, well what about the Marvel movies? They blow stuff up and kill people all the time. No blood, space guns, totally fine. Uh, but no realistic depictions of violence are allowed in Lego, which is why if you ever see a realistic looking Lego gun, it's a third party product. Like it's not made by Lego. So Mega Blocks and a lot of those third party companies will license out sets that Lego would never do. For instance, Mega Blocks, I believe, has a Halo series, they have a Call of Duty series, and I believe they have a Transformer series. And so, like, a lot of things that are, like, realistic guns or realistic violence or et cetera, et cetera, they will, uh, which I don't know why Transformers and Halo count because they do absolutely do space guns, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's an M-rated game. And so they, they do absolutely do those knockoff sets. So recently I was looking at a Lego tuber on YouTube, and he said, like, the title of his video was, I bought my first Lepin set. And on the thumbnail was the UCS Iron Man Hulkbuster armor. Now, small side tangent, UCS, if you ever hear that name before a Lego set, you should know two things. One, it's not meant for children, and two, it's going to cost you a lot of money. And <laughs> it's because More so than actual Legos right. normally would. So the UCS is the Ultimate Collector Series. And it sounds expensive. It, yeah, it's it's basically the uh, if you've spent on the internet for more than five minutes and seen the uh, the giant mega large six hundred dollar um, uh, Millennium Falcon. Yeah, that's a UCS Millennium Falcon. The one every time we go to the Lego store, I just look at for a solid five minutes. Right, because it's just fascinating and, and everything. I, and I try to justify buying it, but I just can't. Right, right. Um, I have bought a few UCS sets in my day, but like the Hulkbuster armor is probably the cheapest of the UCS, UCS sets, and I believe it's $150. Um, and like I said, that's the cheapest of the sets. Yeah. So I'm looking at this set, and it's, it's like the UCS set, but it says Lepin set. 
And so I'm like, I don't even know what Lepin is. So I click on the video and I'm watching through it. Apparently, Lepin is a Chinese bootlegger <laughs> that not only is just copying what Lego is doing, but they straight up stole the copyrighted blueprints for the Lego sets. So not only are they printing bricks that are the exact same dimension and scale, which is the copyrighted portion of Lego, not only are they using the same kind of ABS plastic that Lego uses in the same colors that Lego uses, but they're just straight up using the exact same builds and instruction booklets as Lego. Yeah, when I brought it up, like I went ahead and looked it up on my phone and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, there's the Falcon. There's the Death Star. Like, I'm just seeing all these things that are 100% Lego. And, and all they're doing to try to avoid copyright, which is not much, because they're, they're even stealing, like, the art from the Lego website to, mm -hmm. like, advertise it. Because <laughs> if you zoom in on the art on their website, it says Lego on the pieces. <laughs> <laughs> like, they didn't even build their own set and take a picture of it. It's just straight up. They, like, just copied and pasted the art. But the one thing that they're doing is they're, like, naming them, like, Almost like if you were to like put the name of the thing in Google Translate, translate it to a different language and translate it back to English, that's that's how they're naming it. <laughs> Thousand so, Year Bird. Right. So instead of the Mark 42 armor, it's Mark, M-A-R-K, number 42 armor. Mm -hmm. It's like almost like a dating profile. Mark 42 <laughs> armor. Mark 42, Arthur. Yeah. Thou shall not. They don't have... Star Wars, they have Space Wars. Mm -hmm. They don't have uh, superhero Marvel. They have superhero. Uh, they don't have you know the Hulkbuster. They have large smash armor. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you this: What is going to be your first weapon set? Well, so I was actually looking at the Lego uh, the Lepin Millennium Falcon because I figured you know if I'm gonna do it. I might as well do it with a set that I would never buy. But the only problem is they have a UCS Millennium Falcon, but they have the original UCS Millennium Falcon, mm -hmm. which is tiny compared... It's not the $600 one. It's the $200 one. Well, I'm looking at it right now, and it's saying 8,445-piece. Uh, right. 600. Right. It's the it's the only the 8,400 piece one. It's it's not the the big $600 one cuz the $600 one I believe is like 20,000 or like some other huge number. That's crazy. Um but yeah, that's the one that opens on the top like a flower and mm. I actually really don't like it. I think it's lazy Lego cuz I know for a fact they can do better than that as known by the fact that they've done better than that. Um, that's my least favorite Millennium Falcon. I can go on a whole rant about that, but I won't. Um, I think uh, my first set of Lepin is going to be the uh, you know little football field. Oh, do they have soccer. the Lepin uh, soccer set? Yeah, they do. That's actually been discontinued by Lego in the early 90s, so that's kind of cool, actually. Uh, 23 bucks. Yeah, all that's the one thing I'll say about Lepin uh, in what the reviewer said. A lot of the only major complaint he had, as far as like for being a knockoff, is that Lepin isn't as consistent with their um, parts as Lego is. So, like, there was a hinge piece that he needed, and it's supposed to hinge left, but it only hinged right. So, he had to use actual Lego pieces that he had on hand because they gave him like six hinges that hinge right instead of three of each. Yeah. Uh, and then the other part is he said some of the, like the tensions are weird. 
because it is you know just a best guess estimate so like you know some pieces will stick together and you have to force them together and then some pieces won't stick together at all my argument there is like I'm not ever going to mix these Levin pieces with my Lego so I wouldn't be against like gluing them because I have strict no Lego glue policy mm -hmm. but fun fact so in 2016, this is a little history of Leppin that I researched. In 2016, Lego was like, hey, you're legitimately just stealing from us. Like, you're not even being subtle about it. Right. And Leppin was like, you know, I can do what I want. I'm out. And uh, so Lego took him to court. And I don't know if it was Chinese court or Dutch court. Um, I, I imagine it was probably Sweden and Dutch court because that's where Lego's located. Um, but it could have been, you know, some other court. I'm not really sure about that. They met somewhere in the middle. Right. And so uh, they went and sued him and basically was like, this is copyright infringement. This is like just straight up theft. And the court was like, yeah, no, that's straight up theft. Like, you got to pay them. For <laughs> we can see this. Right. Obviously. It's like, yeah, no, it's like they probably deliberated for about 20 minutes and was like, yep, nope, that's that's obviously theft. So they did what they do when you go buy a car. It's like, oh, I got to go talk. I got to go talk to all these other people. And then it's like, Did you see the game last night? It was right. Like yeah. it's like just pretending to like actually debate about it. And it's like, yeah, nope, that's, you know, I'm going to be here long enough to justify our paychecks. But that's, yeah, that's straight up. So they said that Lepin had to discontinue selling their merchandise and that they had to pay back pay damages for all of the profits that they sold or something along those lines. And, uh, and that, I think it was like a certain fee for quote unquote brand damaging for basically it's like, you know, oh, I bought this set thinking it was Lego set, but it's a Lepin set. Not well, because even the Lepin logo looks like the Lego logo. Right. Like the same font, same red square, all that kind of stuff. So they, they were obviously out to trick people to make them think it's Lego. Like no, they were hoping people would mistake them. And quite honestly, like if it's cheaper than Lego, like why significantly not? Cheaper, it's, it's like one sixth the price. It's not like half the price. It's one sixth the price, which is ridiculous. And that's if you don't buy it from like a, somebody else who's reselling it mm -hmm. for even cheaper. Um, <coughs> so the, uh, the court said that and Lepin was just like, no, I'm not going to do that. We're and not going to do that. And ah. they kept selling it. So in 2018, they sued him again and was basically like, but I, but this time it was like for sure in like a Chinese court. So the Chinese government said like, hey, you can't be doing this. This is illegal. Like, stop, basically. And once again, Lepin was like, okay, yeah, sure. Right. We'll stop. Right. We're going to stop immediately so january of this year there's a report whenever you search lepin the chinese facility was raided by the police and all of the <laughs> the sets were seized and put into evidence and to be destroyed and stuff uh so you can no longer purchase lepin stuff from their website and you can no longer purchase lepin uh moving forward but the old sets still are floating around the internet on like, you know, resells websites. So yeah. it's just kind of a funny thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you had to like literally have them raided by the police because two different courts were like, hey, that's illegal. Stop it. And they're like, nope. Yeah, it's illegal. We'll stop. Right. We're not going to sell any more sets. But yeah. oh, that's crazy. So one fun thing about this week. I did meant I did forget to tell you. Uh, I lit a fire in our apartment. 
Nice. Yeah. We intentionally? have a fire extinguisher now. No. Never, nice. Never intentionally. I mean, for me it is, so. Yeah. <laughs> so what, hap what had happened was, um, what happened is I was getting ready to cook my meals for the week. You know, do the whole standard meal prep. Blah, 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 blah. Look at you being healthy and fancy and everything. Right. Drinking my Monster and Coke. <laughs> um, which leads me to another topic that we'll get to later. But, so, I was cooking chicken for the first time in our apartment. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't have the greatest pans. In fact, it sucks. The previous day, well, the the fire happened on the first day. The second day, I cooked the chicken. It still got super smoky in the apartment, but I took the precaution of taking out the fire alarm's battery <laughs> and opening all the windows and that, and like putting a fan on. Now, I have some clarifying questions. Sure. I'll get to the fire in a bit, but sure. I have cooked chicken before, a few Chiam times, in fact. Mm -hmm. I don't remember chicken like massively smoking when I cooked it. Well, that's the pan. <laughs> okay. Like, that is the problem. We have a cheap pan. Okay. And so, like, the second I put, like, the oil in and then the chicken on it, the pan just started smoking ridiculously to the point where not even the shitty fan that's over our stove top. The vent? Yeah. That didn't even do anything. Like, it would, smoke was just going into the apartment. Hmm. So that was that. I cooked my chicken, aired out the apartment. It was fine, whatever. But the day before that... Ooh, the day before that. That was my, honestly, my second time cooking chicken in my life, but the first time doing it over stovetop. Okay. Now, I am very much of the person of, let's heat the pan up high and then lower it to my cooking temperature. Right, because if it takes 10 minutes to cook on low, it takes five minutes to cook on high. Well, I mean, that wasn't necessarily what I was going for. Oh, well, that's like, my philosophy of cooking. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work like that. That's how you get undercooked stuff. Because the outside cooks first. Yeah. Not the inside. But, so, I turned it on high, and I meant to set it on the lower actual cooking temperature so that I at least had a hot pan. Mm -hmm. And this is an electric stove, but heat is heat, and it doesn't matter after a certain time. So, I added the oil before I turned the pan on low. Mm -hmm. the, and it was olive oil. Olive oil caught on fire. Thanks. Because I had enough uh, enough oil there for it to have a pretty good flame. Nice. And Carolyn was out of the house, or out of the apartment, because she had gone to H-E-B for something. And uh, <laughs> uh, I was like, crap, I know what to do. And so I took the pan off of the, off of the um, hot burner, and I moved it to another one, and I found the lid, and I slowly put the lid over the fire so it would go out that's fine but at this time the cat's now hiding in the restroom the alarm's going off luckily we have pretty not so high ceiling so i was able to jump up and press the button first try on the fire alarm and got it to break. stop i know it's like whoo i thought i was gonna have to do two or three jumps on that one but yeah so like i was able to cut off the fire alarm i was able to start venting out the house that I took the pan off. Everything was under control. Now we just have a super smoky house. And like Carolyn comes walking in and I'm just fanning the place, like trying to get all the smoke out. Uh huh. It was very much like that one scene from community 
when uh, Donald Glover's character comes in with the pizza and everything's on fire. And she's like, because... <laughs> this is the darkest time of life. Because she actually was carrying a pizza when she came in. That's fantastic. I was like, oh my god. I, feel, I was embarrassed. And I told her why and... Or I told her how it happened. And, you know, she's like, you know, you don't, you don't do that. You don't put it on the highest setting. I'm like, I wasn't going to cook it on the highest setting. I just wanted to get the pan hot first. But now every time she, uh, I tell that story to people, because, hey, it's comical and right. nothing happened. Right. Ultimately, nothing happened except for our, now our cabinets have a little bit of smoke marks on them. That's character. Yeah. Uh, but now she in- has to include that, because oh, this is what he was trying to do. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm aware. I'm, I'm aware of my mistake now. Thank you. <laughs> but um, it's fine. No. Then the next day, yeah, it was super smoky. But then I made burgers with a different pan, smaller pan, and um, did not go all smoky and everything. So that was pretty good. Hmm. I'm still trying to figure out the way to cook on that stovetop because the inside needs to cook better. I think... Uh... I think one day you should come over to my place and we'll cook chicken and I'll teach you how to do it and then and then you can go back to your place and cook it and learn how to do it on your equipment. I mean, I know how to cook chicken. Do you though? Yeah. Because chicken isn't supposed to smoke that much. Well, it's not the chicken itself. It's, it's the equipment that I'm using. It's the pan. Like all the Teflon that will give me cancer in 20, 30 years time, uh-huh. like it was scraped off. Or maybe because it's a low-quality pan, they didn't put enough on there. But yeah, 100%. Because this, the smaller pan that I used for the burgers, mm-hmm. um, it was the first time using it, did not smoke at all. Like mm-hmm. It was just this big pan that we've been using consistently. See, this is why you need to get married, so that you can ask for new pans as a wedding gift. Yeah, that's true. But like, That's the only reason. But That's the only reason. Hey, uh, we're getting married, so here's our listing of all the things we need slash want. <laughs> we don't actually want to get married just yet, but something for the future. You go ahead and just send the gifts now. We'll accept it. Yeah, we'll take it. Well, remember, so once we do actually get married, you don't have to give us a gift. Right, right. Cut to five years from now when we actually get married. Hey, here's our wedding registry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but so I, yeah, I nearly caught it on place on fire, but yeah, cooking chickens, just like five on one side, five on the other, five minutes on one side, five minutes on the other side. It's not that hard. It's just gross cause chicken, but, and then, uh, so, uh, how do you, how do you feel about this, uh, in game DLC? I'm not about it. Like, is there a way for me to just pay a fraction of the ticket just so I can see the last few minutes of the film? No, because they have to beat Avatar in sales records. I mean, you really don't. You I don't mean, have to at all. You do, though, because here's the thing. Avatar is not made by Disney, and Disney has to be in charge. <laughs> Isn't Avatar World in Disney Orlando? I think it's Universal Studios. Is it? Like, I'm 60% sure. <laughs> I'm going to look it up, but you keep talking. Okay. So, something to point out. Avatar, like, Endgame was in only in theaters for 62 weeks, which sounds like a long time because it is. Uh, but it's it's coming back to theaters, for those of you that aren't aware. But this time, it has a post credit scene. Same movie, same pacing, same length, but with a post credit scene. Um, and so... It isn't. There... Pandora, the world of Avatar, is in Disney World. Which okay, is well then it's got to be like a licensed product because I'm pretty sure Avatar is not 
made yeah, like the by movie Disney. itself is not by Disney. I right. think that's Paramount. But yeah, uh, which makes sense because I think Disney bought Paramount, didn't they? Because that's because the original Marvel Cinematic Universe was from Paramount. Like the original Iron Man, that's a Paramount movie. The huh. original Hulk was a Paramount movie. Okay. Uh, but well, anyway, we'll talk about the original Hulk. <laughs> So Avatar was only in theaters for 162. Was in theaters for 162 weeks, or 123 weeks, something like that. And Endgame was only in there for 62 weeks. So bringing Endgame back, as far as just like having it in theaters longer, really not that big a deal. What's interesting is that this concept of like we're gonna add an end credit scene so that you'll come back a second time or a fifth time in my case. Um, <laughs> so third time in mine. I feel like. This, I feel like this is an experiment. You know, it's like, hey, this is one of the most popular movies in recent history. Uh, I mean, the the Marvel Cinematic Experience has been this big ten year ongoing thing. This is kind of a the culmination movie. Obviously, this is a movie is a big deal. Uh, is it the greatest movie of all time? I mean, yes, but uh, that could be argued by non Marvel fans, like. You know, is it the Citizen Kane or the Titanic or one of those cinematic masterpieces? Like I said, I feel it is, but I can understand the argument of people that don't agree. But it is the most important movie in the last five to ten years because it's it's basically saying, hey, this whole cinematic universe works. And not only does it work, it works really well. And there's a satisfying conclusion to be had. Because this is the first time one of these things is like ended. Mm-hmm. Most of the time when they end, it's like the Dark Universe, which makes one movie flop so hard straight out the gate that it immediately gets disqualified and canceled. Makes a, <laughs> announces that it's part of a larger cinematic universe before it actually ever comes out. Movie sucks. I'm like, ah, never mind. Not going to do it. Or even like the DC one where they're like, yeah, so we're just going to go back to making movies where it's not really part of a universe. They kind of exist in the same universe, but, uh, you don't know. Don't focus on it. It is it is whatever. Although I will give DC a shout out. A lot of people don't, don't do this. The DC Cinematic Animated Universe, really solid. It's a, peri- it's a mo- series about, I think, nine movies now. And it's various DC characters, but it's animated. One thing DC does solid animation. Um, I mean, ever since the early '90s, they've been like killing it. It's almost like they should get the animated animation people and make it do theatrical releases. Right, and it's not like that even hasn't been done before. I mean, every Dragon Ball Z movie gets a theatrical release, and it's always successful. It's a limited release. Yes, do a limited release. That's fine, but. I would much rather see a lot of those DC animated universe movies in theaters than I would the actual DC movies. And that's even saying the last few of them have been good. I'm actually pleasantly hopeful for this Joker movie. Yeah. But, but uh, back so, to the original topic. Like, how do you justify... Like, I can't justify going in there seeing Endgame again just for five minutes of film. Because- I mean, I can, but only, like I said, because I'm one of the diehard fans. But my question is, like... Why, why are they doing this? Are they doing it because there was a slight outlash of, like, there was no post credit scene? There's always a post credit scene in Marvel movies. What the hell? Blah, 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 blah. Because, like, I thought, the like, did I wait till the very end because I thought there may be something? Sure. And there was. There's a nice little Easter egg, but it had nothing to do with the rest of the cinematic universe except for, like, homaging the past. Right. But are they doing this because 
they only gave us that. Like, if if you're gonna add something, why not just make it public to like put it on YouTube via the official Marvel account, whatever. Be like, here you go, sneak peek. We're going into phase four, whatever. What well, whatever phase it is. No, it's phase four. Okay. Right. Which on side tangent, I'm so hyped. They're trying to bring Inhumans back in phase four, which I'm very surprised about because I thought that whole project was trash. But uh, I mean, they're they're doing a lot of cool things. Um, they're doing Dark Avengers is going to be the next story arc, which is exciting for a lot of reasons because hopefully that means that they're going to have... I'll get in that side tangent in a minute. So, I am... I am not against the idea of quote-unquote movie DLC and the sense of like, you know, we're, we're adding something. I don't think a post-credit scene is enough to justify it but like if they did the regular movie release and then they did like the director's cut 62 weeks later I think that would be a good justifiable reason like um, you know or put it on the blu-ray just have well, but I mean like so here's the thing about the video sales when it comes to like after the theaters as far as like executives are concerned video sales don't matter the only thing the only reason video sales matter is if they didn't make their money initially and they well and thoroughly made their money initially obviously uh video sales are important and you want them to do good and you have a lot of opportunity to do good things but ultimately they're not important especially in the digital market where people aren't buying and making dvds you're literally just reformatting a video file and sharing it online. You don't have to print anything. You don't have to manage it. Like, that money is basically just free at that point. Right. But then, like, the way I see it, it's like, you are a diehard. Right. You are by no means a blue uh, a Blu-ray collector right. or anything. But I, if I had the money to be, I would be. Right. Like, I would be the guy that would go and get the Blu-ray that has a special tin, um tin packaging with all the added extras and everything 100% I would be that and I would gladly pay the 30 40 bucks or whatever that is oh it's you wish it was only 30 40 bucks I wish the and phase one collector's edition which comes in a really cool like so I don't know if you remember from the original Avengers movie that well, I'm case, only talking end game here right I'm, I'm talking about like the phase one collector's edition so it uh it comes in a case that the tesseract was in at the in the first avengers movie with a tesseract it doesn't come out but it's like you open it up and then each movie is in like a dossier file on each avenger because that was what phase one was uh it's the original collection when it first came out i'm sure it's more now because they're not making it anymore was i believe 150 bucks but yeah, yeah. but it's just like you are going to make at least two with one purchase you will make what is two audience members or three audience members in a in a theater and that's fair but i think this is like a i think we're getting into like a new phase of of movies and experimentation phase four well, not just Phase 4, but like, <laughs> for instance, last Christmas they re-released Deadpool 2, but as a PG-13 movie. Mm. For and all and those it, kids that missed out. Right. But they they changed up enough of it. It wasn't just a, you know, censored beep here and a you know, slice out there of the content. They actually built and filmed a whole new frame story around it, uh, which, as someone who saw both... I definitely prefer the R-rated version because it's Deadpool and 
you kind of needed R-rated Deadpool. But if I had to have a PG-13 Deadpool, if Disney wasn't going to give me one, I would accept that one. It was a, it was a well-made, well-done frame story. So, plus, content ratings nowadays are so dumb and arbitrary in a lot of ways. Uh, you, I, I really think if anything needs major reform, content rating systems, both video games, movies, etc., all, all should absolutely be reformed. Uh, but that's a whole side, side, another side tangent for another time. But yeah, I I think that the concept of like adding movie content and re-releasing it, I'm not against that. Just kind of like when DLC for video games was first introduced. The concept was, hey, I'm going to make my game and then instead of having to make you buy a full another game five like next year or two years down the road I can continue supporting this game with DLC yes you'll probably pay for it but it's just like you know like for Smash it was like a fraction of the cost compared to a full right it was, it was like Super Smash Brothers was I think one of the first ones that like for me like I didn't even play it on the Wii U because no one played it on the Wii U Wii -U, Wii U. but I think that uh, you know for me, it was a cool concept to be like, hey, look, we're going to have this roster of fighters, but don't worry if your character's not on it because, you know, in a year or so when we get the licensing for that, we won't have to remake the whole game. We'll just add that character. So that concept was pretty cool to me of being, being like, that's, that's what DLC should be. Now, a lot of companies that are a lot more money-grubby are making it, hey, we're going to release one-third of a game, and then you could buy the rest of the game for DLC that almost as cost as much as the whole game in the, in the first this, place. Does this story mode feel incomplete? You're right. you got to buy the rest of it. You didn't like that ending? Okay. That's because it wasn't an ending. It just kind of ended on a cliffhanger. You want to find out what happens? Drop another $40. Like, that's that's a rip-off. And I'm hoping, you know, I'm, I'm always optimistic. I hope that that doesn't happen with this whole like movie DLC bit, but well, I don't want this to catch on. Period. Right. I don't because like I I see where video games went, and I'm like it's a slippery slope. It is a slippery slope. Super slippery. I mean, we'll we'll be getting like movie theater loot boxes before long, where it's like, hey, you had to pay five dollars for the chance of a satisfying ending. You'll probably get a crappy one. It'll probably be sad. Your favorite character will die, but don't worry, you can keep paying, and maybe one day you'll get to see the ending where the you know the movie character that you like doesn't die. Um, hey, real quick, did you ever go see Alita Battle Angel? I did not. That was good. It was good. Um, I did. Because I'm a bad student, and occasionally I like to skip class and go see a movie, and I don't tell anybody, not even my girlfriend. I'm sorry, Carolyn. I love you. For but shame. I know. And I said, pretty good movie. Uh, pretty good movie. I don't think... Did the eyeballs throw you off? Nah. No, nah, I was like, okay, she a robot gal. It's fine. But I do think no, no, it's she's weird. she's an anime robot gal. She's anime robot gal. <laughs> um, I did think... It was weird, like, the love story, um, it felt forced, mm -hmm. like, really forced, but I don't know if if it's that, because it's trying to be so true to the anime. My boss, Charles, like, really enjoyed the film. He loves it. He's familiar with the anime. I was going to ask, have you seen the anime? I have not, no, but he has, and that's why he likes the film. Like, he's like, yeah, this is a pretty true adaptation. But from an outsider's view that's not familiar with the anime at all, like, I love the whole story, just the love portion itself seemed forced yeah and i don't know maybe it's because like oh this is 
a young woman and stereotypically young women have to be in love with something right but even if it's a fish boy apart from that it was a good movie I will say this I kind of felt the same way about Ghost in the Shell Uh Uh, I actually really enjoyed Ghost in the Shell as an anime it's one of the true anime classics inspired like Matrix and a lot of other things but being that that anime is so old I think a lot of people have nostalgia blinders on it when they look at it. You know, if if that anime came out today unchanged and we just didn't know about it, I do not feel it would be as popular. Yeah. Because it has a lot of slow elements. It, it has a lot of pacing issues. It has a lot of, like, side tangents that aren't necessary. And I think the movie, while staying fairly close to the original content, like, it wasn't exactly, but, like, it was, it was pretty close... But it also did a favor of cutting out a lot of the filler content. Um, And so I I think that that was a really good thing that happened. And and I I liked it. And so I I think that's the problem when you're adapting a lot of these older animes. Like with Elite Battle Angel and Elite of Ghost in the Shell and things like that. You've got to realize that like these were made a long enough time ago that... The cons—it's kind of like when they remade uh, or they made the sequel to um, what's the with Harrison Ford? Um, uh, oh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. It's kind of like when they made a sequel to Blade Runner. A lot of people didn't like it because it didn't feel the same pacing as the original one or whatever. I, I mean, you can't repeat it, really. Right. But I you like, gotta make it your own movie. I liked the original Blade Runner. I enjoyed it, but that's a slow movie. Mm-hmm. Like if if you were not cut really slow, but still right. If you're not ready for a very like crawl through the pacing, like it it almost feels like you literally are watching him walk from one place to the next because that's how long it takes him to get there. But at the same time, though, like you kind of want that for a noir style film, right? And don't get me wrong, it was it's a fantastic movie, cinematic classic, but with the remake. You're not making a noir film. You're making like an action cop thriller, and what that means in today's context versus what that meant in you know whatever year sixties, I think something like that. Maybe seven. No, maybe maybe a little bit. Seventies, eighties. Listen, whatever it was. That's why I didn't give a number because I'm not sure off the top of my head. Same. Uh, and so it's it's one of those like I'm I'm a fan of film i'm a fan of you know entertainment media as a whole i think it's really interesting to look at it and study it but just like why the hobbit didn't do good versus lord of the rings being considered one of the greatest movies you know in the fantasy genre of all time Mm -hmm. you know when you have that context of like you know when lord of the rings came out fantasy genre was something that like was for schlock b-movie role and you know sometimes on the sci-fi channel you know sometimes like children or the weird creepy dude that like dressed as a dwarf sometimes you know that that's all that was and you know then they made this movie for mainstream audiences to be impressive with and you know all that kind of stuff and it was really cool worthy and right and the budget was there like they just threw a bucket of money like multiple buckets and just like Right, fun. and it was just, and it's just like this impressive, amazing thing, and you're just like, oh wow, that's what this genre could be if we tried. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I, somebody was actually reviewing Game of Thrones recently, and and she was like, you know, when when you when Game of Thrones season one came out, it was marketed as fantasy for people that don't like fantasy because we're edgy and we have naked people and sex and violence and all sorts of other stuff. Oh, fantasy. <laughs> right, which is just fantasy. It's not. There's nothing in that genre. It's just the only fantasy that was out at the time that was relevant was Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So, but well, you hit an you hit a subject that I want to get into, but we're running a little long. At least once we finish this topic, the Lord of the Rings versus the Hobbit. Like the reason why their main differences, the main 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 differences, like CGI, and budget, and time. Right. Because Peter Jackson worked on both trilogies, which, by the way, the fucking Hobbit should not be a trilogy. Right. By no means. Well, it was originally only going to be two movies. They were yeah. going to split in half. And even that's okay. Like, all right, it may still be a little bit drawn out, but I get it. That's that's all right. But he was... Jackson was writing the script for the next movie while on set of the first movie. And then the second movie, while he was making it, he was writing the script for the third. He well, did not have time. He did not have the budget. That's why we get shitty shots, shitty angles, shitty And that's characters. why despite being three movies long and feeling extremely way too long, it also simultaneously somehow manages to feel rushed. Yeah. It's a rush plot over way too much time. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, hey, make Lord of the Rings again. Right. But you can make Lord of the Rings again. No. Because despite it all being Tolkien, it's two very different stories. I think another really good example of that is, uh, do you remember the TV show Heroes? Did you ever watch yeah, it? Yeah, I saw the first season and then like I dropped out after the second season. I think the first four seasons of Heroes are some of the greatest television of all time when it comes to the hero or sci-fi genre. Uh, I, I don't think there will ever be anything as good as that. That being said, if you released Heroes today, which they tried, it's gonna tank. When they did Heroes Reborn, it was like a 13 episode miniseries. It did horrible. Why? Because they're tropes now. They're easy concepts. I mean, heck, Marvel themselves are releasing multiple superhero shows on multiple services and multiple channels at the same time. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is just like that, that constant like cop drama, but in the superhero world, they released the Netflix series, they released the Hulu series, and now they're going to have all the Disney Plus series. Like, And Heroes just came out at a time where we did not have any of that. Right. There was outside, no... Outside of a Saturday morning cartoon. Right. There was no live action superhero TV show. Heck... The Marvel Cinematic Universe hadn't even started. There was no superhero genre. When you said superhero movie, you thought of the you you probably thought of the Spider-Man movies, which were good. Like, I mean, I'm not a huge Sam Raimi fan. I'm just not a fan of his style of shooting. They're good movies though. Like, I can't I can't deny that. Uh, you thought of Elektra, which you know. I mean, it's not good. No one thought of Elektra. Don't mention it. Neither was you know Daredevil. Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Hey, that was all right. It's all right for what it was. Not a good movie. Ben Affleck's Daredevil for what it was. Ben Affleck's Daredevil was why I knew Batfleck was going to be a terrible idea. Yeah, I guess. I, don't know. I mean, good, good, good Bruce Wayne though. I mean, he was playing Bruce Wayne as Daredevil anyway, so it's sort of like. <laughs> Okay, cool. You were already playing Bruce Wayne. You were just in the wrong costume. Let's at least put you in the right costume. Um, and then, let's see. You have 
the original uh, Blade. Oh yeah, Blade trilogy. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not gonna lie, those are great. all right movies. Yeah, no, not, not great, but all right. I mean, that's sort of what got me to believe that he could play Deadpool uh, because he was basically playing a character like that in the third movie. Mm, okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Blade Three had uh, he wasn't playing Deadpool, like, obviously. Andrew Ryan Reynolds is not black. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Ryan Reynolds was in the third. Ryan Reynolds is white. The third movie, and he was some guy with some swords. Yeah, I don't I what recall. he was doing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but and then you had the early X Men movies in the late nineties. But that was that was like after Heroes was already a couple seasons in, and and just that concept of superhero movies was not a thing. They were never good. They were like, oh, oh, and I couldn't forget Nicholas's Cage's Ghost Rider. Hey, that's a solid movie. Movies, two. Nah, one <laughs> movie. Uh, I mean, no one else can play a character as crazy as Nicholas Cage. But that I digress. So, it kind of just back to what I'm saying. Like those, that show hit in such an interesting time. You can't recreate that now. We've got so many superhero shows between. Not just actual licensed superheroes, but like all these other sci-fi shows that are basically trying to recreate heroes. Uh, I think there was one called Alphas, and there was one called like the first. I don't know. There's there's been a few of them, but I don't know. It's just, it's just really interesting that you have that moment in history where you can't recreate it. But. Yeah, like it served its time. It served its purpose. No sense trying to remake it. No sense trying to get back that glory. Yeah. But yeah, join us next time and we'll discuss uh, Hobbit vs. Lord of the Rings in more detail. Yeah, if we remember. If we remember. But, um, we'll add to the list. Yeah. But uh, hey, follow, go ahead follow us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Commander Boys. That is the at symbol C-O-M-M-A-N-D-E-R-B-O-Y-S. Or listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, just search the Commander Boys podcast or Commander Boys podcast. And as far as iTunes goes, that's here's a little bit of inside baseball. We just looked it up and um, we got rejected the first time, or like it said, failed to review or something like that. Right. Apparently, there's a rejected option and a failed option, and we failed. Right. Because I think the situation was like our logo was maybe too big. And then, because we had the trailer in our lineup, it called it considered it test footage as opposed to real footage. Mm-hmm. So we went ahead and set the trailer to private, which is amazing for me because then all the episodes are in order. Um, and that's just my personal thing that I wanted to get straightened out. But hopefully we'll be on iTunes soon because we resubmitted it to their specific things that they want because they're Apple and they get their way. Right. Um, whether we like it or not. Right. But, yeah. So follow us there. Tell your friends about it. Um, tell your friends about the podcast. Let us know where you want to hear us. Go ahead and send us an email at um, commanderboyspodcast at gmail.com. Um, hope you all have a great week, day, month, year, life. Also, uh, heads up, next week for us, It'll be a few weeks for you guys, but next week for us is RTX. Yeah, right now uh, we're in late June, uh, so the next time you'll hear us, it'll probably be post-RTX, but expect an RTX episode? Yeah, we will be doing an RTX episode, depending on how it works and depending on what we do. 
we might release that episode before we release this episode. So if you hear this after an RTX episode and you're just like, that's random, that's what happened. Yeah. We record our episodes about two weeks in advance. That way we can get the content edited and processed in time and I'm it's, just not losing sleep. And it's not incredibly rushed. Right. But so, um, that being said, we'll be on the road. It may sound different, but, you know, it is what it is. You guys aren't listening to us for our sound quality anyway. Right. <laughs> you guys aren't even listening to us. At least yeah. not yet. But uh, anyways, catch y'all next time. I'm Manny. And I'm Andrew. Later, y'all. Later, y'all.